is Lance Hendrickson, and I'm talking to a bunch of yellow bastards. You're all listening to Spooky Flicks. Stay tuned if you dare. <laughs> Hurry, hurry, hurry. Step right inside, folks. This way, the show's about to start. Hey, what's inside, mister? What's that, son? What's inside? Oh, my dear boy, only the most wonderful, weird, amazing things your young eyes have ever seen. Like what? Tell you what. I'll let you in free of charge just to find out. Really? Sure. Okay. Thanks, mister. (laughs) Hello? I can't see you. Who's there? Hurry, 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 folks. The show's about to start. Prepare to witness the abject horror of Pogo, the only clown turned cannibal in captivity. But don't worry, folks. You'll be safe inside. You see, he's already had a bite to eat. Welcome, welcome to the Forgotten Flix podcast. I'm Joel, and joined, <laughs> as I will be in the afterlife, because we both have determined our special personal hell will be chained together, podcasting throughout eternity. Mi compadre, mi esposa. Wait, that's not right. Jason! Why is it so hot in here, and what am I doing in this basket? Yeah. <laughs> Bring me the brains. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be easy. That'd be a light. That'd be a light haul. <laughs> yeah, because get it. Cause, uh. Oh yeah. So, hey Jay, there's the intro. You actually heard it for real that time. Uh unbelievable. Yeah, whoever made that was a masterful bastard. A master what? Master what? Major? I didn't say yes. Yes. So what? Maybe was doing that throughout the entire production of that piece. <laughs> no, but there's actually some good music hidden amongst that uh, yes. intro there. Yes. So. Yes. Some excellent music. Uh, from from our buddies over at Midnight Syndicate, uh, Ed, who is actually in tr- well, w- one half of the Midnight Syndicate, and if you've never heard their music, fantastic for Halloween or quite frankly any time of year, it is great stuff. If you go to midnightsyndicate.com, dot com, check it out. Uh, that was actually a song called Lullaby, and it was uh, featured uh, briefly in a, a couple key points in a movie they made, uh, which uh, we will touch on. Uh, called the dead matter but i'll be going more into that in the next episode uh but that's actually going to be available i think at Redbox to rent um october 23rd and you can get it through netflix and amazon so check it out for sure and check out midnight syndicate we actually have a link to them in the show notes um as well as on the sidebar of the site good stuff absolutely well thank and thank you for sure to them Jay, this is um, episode numero dos. I mean, technically it's 82, but episode numero dos of the October Spooky Flicks Fest for uh, 2012. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is the one I've been looking forward to for quite some time. Well, honestly, honestly, it's the best one so far. Just kidding, Kev. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, ouch. Kevin will. No, no. This is a fantastic one. We actually, um, uh, this is for many reasons. First of all, it is our second film in Spooky Flicks Fest for uh, 2012. As, as, much as, also... we, as much as we actually talk about that film. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not completely our fault. We have a good reason why. No, we do. Um, but it also is Pumpkinhead. So it's one that you and I have talked about in the past that we both love. It's a, it's a big favorite of mine. Um, I know I've talked about it quite a bit. and We had it on the list. Mm-hmm. I believe we had it on the list for last year. I don't know if it was for Spooky Flicks Fest, but um, we had it on the list for last year. But we finally got around to putting it on our Halloween uh, list. Yes. And lo and behold, we got to have a special guest come in and talk about it. Yes. You all know him, ladies and gentlemen, Peter Nielsen. And yeah, we decided to go ahead and bring Kevin back too. So yes. Yeah. That, that, it was that, that was it. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's an that's a, an attempt at my lame ass repeat of the way that we introduced <laughs> our actual guest. No, we had Lance Hendrickson on, and uh, he came back for a second wait, wait, time. Wait, wait, again? I guess he didn't get enough of the of the bullshit last time. Yeah, um, you know, it's we, yeah, make him, we make him feel unbelievably brilliant. I, I think we do that. Most to people, yeah. Yeah. Um, and in case you don't know who Lance Hendrickson is, um, you may actually remember him. Uh, he's most famous for his role as Kerchak uh, in uh, Disney's Tarzan. So, yep. <laughs> and I think he might have played in some other, you know, my my sarcasm is not working tonight. Well, it really um, isn't. And more to the point, if they don't know, really, would they be listening to this podcast? I mean, it's debatable whether that anyone is listening a and B, even if they are. That they're paying attention, but let's just say hypothetically somebody let's saw assume. this show out and yeah, let's assume. I, I'm, I'm going to use the little L word. Lo- <laughs> well, okay, I will loathed it enough to you know or loathe themselves enough to actually stick with it. They know who Lance Hendrickson is. They probably do. Yeah. So just in case, and just to remind you all, he is um, an integral part of the Aliens and Aliens versus Predator series, including all the video games that have come out. Uh, he was in the Terminator. He Near was dark. Uh, uh, near Dark, The yep. Right Stuff. Uh, he did the TV show Millennium. Mm-hmm. Um, he has done uh, a whole bunch of TV and series. And we actually, speaking of, we also do touch on both of his Tales from the Crypt appearances. Uh, love that oh. show. We both do from the from the 90s. So, yep. get to Fantastic. talk about that. Yep. Yeah, he did. He did some. He's done a lot of amazing work. He's got over 200 credits to his name. Um, go on to IMDb, check him out. He's got some amazing stuff. But he was a blast. So uh, it was unbelievable to have him back a second time. Um, I think we should call this episode Lance Henriksen 2.0. Now with more cursing. Because <laughs> if you thought there was a lot the last time, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we had more fun. I I think we actually got him a little more relaxed this time. So. I think we were the ones who were more relaxed. I don't know that Lance Henriksen has a, a, a. I don't think he feels nerves. A, ge- yeah, I I say, a gear that doesn't. No. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> sure. mm-hmm. So on that uh, note, buddy. Oh, and of course, there's no movie picks per se, except to say that uh, just see every movie that Lance Henriksen has ever been in. Buy them so he'll get a you know a real fat residual check, which I'm sure. Including he check out the tales from the crypt. Laughed if you ever heard that. What? <laughs> yes. Yes, he did laugh yeah. and um. Um, and be sure to check out the Tales from the Crypt episodes that we talk about as well. So Yes, indeed. Yes, they were good stuff. So, without further ado, it is Peter Nielsen, Kevin Spencer, Jason Grooms, some bald douchebag who occasionally says something moronic, and Lance, really not bad for a human, Henriksen. Oh, 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 and one more thing, one more thing. Don't forget, this week is your last chance. Well, I guess not technically this week, but all the way through the 15th is your last chance to nominate us for the podcast awards. So be sure to head to podcastawards.com and look down under film uh, movies and film or on the left-hand side, type in our name, forgottenflicks.com, and all you have to do is fill in your name and email address at the bottom so they make sure you're not a robot. Um, but give us a nominate. We'll get, get uh, information if we are nominated on how to vote uh, coming shortly. All right, so on this special night as our uh, second episode of Spooky Flicks Fest, we've got a couple of special guests, uh, the first of which you you all have heard before and a recurring guest um, who talked to us a couple of times and also a major contributor to the website, Peter from Sweden. Say hello, Peter. Hi, Peter. (laughs) Um, And uh, who you heard last week on the show talking with us um, over – People Under the Stairs, show artist, or should I say shoe artist, uh, and special guest, Kevin Spencer. Say hello, Kevin. Hey, everybody. <laughs> All right. And um, we, we tossed in a last-minute host. You know, we, we decided that you know, we've never had this many on before, and, and we were talking Pumpkinhead, and uh, we're going to di- dive into a little bit of Tales from the Crypt. So uh, we decided to bring on legend of film and TV and friend of the show, ladies and gentlemen, Lance Hendrickson. Oh, boy. <laughs> up to that one, a legend. Sorry, Sir Lance. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Sir, that's yeah. Last Thank you. I got knighted at fifth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They call him they Lance me, a lot. They asked me to sing there, man, and they were sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, it is an absolute honor to have you on the show, uh, Lance. Thanks again for coming back and. Um, we're really psyched tonight because we're digging into uh, one of my favorite horror films um, and definitely one that we've talked about uh, on the show a couple of times before. And you, we, we touched the tip of the iceberg last time you were on, but uh, we're talking about Pumpkinhead, which 
um, was a fantastic flick. So wanted to kind of dig into that first, but we've got a couple other things we definitely want to pick your brain when we got you here. Um, cool. Yeah. Let's just not talk about two, three, and four, okay? <laughs> I promise. There was a two, three, and four? I, 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 oh. Yeah, uh, yeah they, were, they were alimony films done in foreign countries. And it was just all oh, bad. <laughs> I love that you call them alimony films. I just can't get over that. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I made a mistake doing those, but that's okay. That's my, my bad. But anyway, <laughs> the original was cool. I was still young. <laughs> <laughs> No, now, where did you guys, where was that filmed at? Where did you guys actually shoot? California, up in, uh, sort of up at the back end of Topanga Canyon. Hmm. Hard to believe, isn't it? They yeah. look good, look good, yeah. Look very, uh, look very Smoky Mountains. Definitely a lot of West Virginia feel to it. Yeah. You know, in fact, the guys over at ADI, you know, Tom Woodruff and Alan Gillis, they made me, I wanted to look rural, so I, I got them to make me a bridge with, with my teeth being a little bit irregular. Mm. And it actually was, you know, they're not dentists. So when I snapped it in, it chipped my own tooth. Those unknown stories. <laughs> but anyway, you know, and we, we worked hard on trying to make it uh, look the way, you know, we thought it should. So. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was a, it was an, it was a very <clears throat> atmospheric movie. I, I watched it the other night. It'd been, I mean, probably, Friggin', I don't know, 20 years maybe since I'd seen it. Um, and first question is, was is it normal for a horror movie to make you feel like crying in the first 15 to 20 minutes? And I mean, it's because I have kids now and I've turned into a, into a big pussy. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, That's right. You're a big pussy. You're a big pussy. I am, a, I am pretty much a big pussy. Uh, I when, will... you know, threatening kids in a movie, I've never liked that. You know, But this one, this one when I did it, I, I felt like we had achieved a connection, you know, so it, it worked. But when you just put kids in jeopardy in films, I really don't like that too much. This one was so sudden, it was unexpected. You know? And it, I, like, it didn't feel mean-spirited. It really didn't feel mean-spirited to me. It felt necessary. Obviously, it's a pivotal point of the the, the plot. I mean, it yeah. sets everything kind of in motion. But it, it's, uh, though your reaction and the, the just a little bit of buildup that they had between you and and the, the character of your son, it, it felt real. And I think that because of that and the way, you know, you sold it. And, and I told Jason the other day that I couldn't get over how much the kid looked like. And I know it couldn't because I don't think this kid was born yet. But the kid in Jerry Maguire, Jonathan Lipnicki, like the kid in Pumpkinhead looked very, very similar to him, uh, to me. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's easy to find somebody like that because it's we got two eyes, a nose and a mouth. I mean, there's not that many, not that many variations, you know, at, at that age, you know. <laughs> but... But the point was, though, that that the the kids in movies where they build, they have this big buildup, this threatening buildup that keeps keeps happening, and and then the kids, uh, you know, it's that kind of victimization that I don't like. In this one, it was different because it was it was very sudden. It wasn't like we were uh, savoring terrorizing a kid. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yes, exactly. Uh, it just happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just happened very sudden. I just wanted to make that clear because because it, it could be misconstrued. That's a big word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> none, none of us understood it, but thanks for that, Lance. We appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I think it balanced out. I think one of the cool things about it that made up for me that moment when uh, you know what was definitely built up being innocent um, got it kind of in that motorcycle scene. What made up for it was later when. Um, I know you mentioned this last time we talked when the kid popped up in the truck and said, oh. what have you done? You know, sort of that return to the innocent piece and and snapped him out of, back to his senses sort of at that moment. Yeah, that, that moment made me do the script because when I read it, I was reading it. Of course, I saw the, you know, the title and I thought, oh, God, what kind of movie is this? I'm riding around <laughs> with a pump in my head, you know. But when, when I read the script and got to that scene, the kid said, I was like, what, what did you do, Daddy? And, I, and I, it gave me, my hair on my neck stood up, and I went, oh, wow, I think this is worth doing. It, it's funny what makes you want to do a movie. Hmm. Now, was Stan Winston involved at that point? Oh, yeah, he was the director, yeah. Yeah, but it, it, And he, he negotiated every scene with me. I mean, it was really... Was really uh, you know, conspiracy to do good work. I, I, I remember 
there wasn't anything about me washing the child's hands and talking about his grandmother and, uh, you know, uh, me wanting to give him his, his uh, sort of his lineage. Mm-hmm. That wasn't in the script. And right around the time uh, of that scene, I said, Stan, we have precious little time to make this connection. So uh, I, I, this is what I would like to do. And he loved it. So we shot it. But otherwise, it wouldn't have been in the movie. <laughs> Stan is very, very open to ideas. I love that scene that I, Joe and I were just talking the other day. That's one of the scenes that stood out for me over the years, um, washing his hands and talking about his grandmother's uh, skin being so thin um, that made the connection for me for the whole relationship between the dad and the, and the kid throughout. Yeah, that, that was a true thing from my life. My grandmother did that to me and washed my hands and I could I could feel the bones under her skin. But it, it was the only time she was really tender. And I never forgot it, you know, it was like a thing in my life. But we negotiated other things, like I wanted that shotgun. I went and found that. It's uh-huh. a, uh, you know, a trench shotgun from the World War One. you know. And, it's, and I, I wanted that because it looked the right way. It was an old-fashioned gun, and, and there was a lot of old-fashioned uh, thoughts, uh, you know, living in that environment, you know, with the pigs and the, and the people and, and no money and all that kind of stuff, you know, so... And then, then the, of course, the outsiders come in with all their grandiosity and, and screw it all up. <laughs> and, and their damn their dirt bikes. And, and their damn dirt bikes. <laughs> Ke- Kevin, did you have a question you wanted to throw at Lance? Yeah, I did actually. With the um, with a movie like this, obviously, like when the character Pumpkinhead, you, you could get a kind of goofy image in your head. And I was just wondering if when you got the script originally, if there were any sketches, like any creature sketches or anything included, uh, obviously being a visual artist, I always wonder if that early on, if there's any concept sketches or that doesn't happen until later I, on. I actually went over and saw it at, at the uh, studio where they were building it. Oh, uh, okay. And it was pretty shocking. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Tom Woodruff was going to be in that thing. And I know, I, I know those guys. So, I thought, oh, this is going to work, man. You know, it it had a it had a sort of legitimacy to it. You know, there, there was another element in that thing that I did see a, a kind of a sketch of, and that was the pumpkin mound. It was this vert. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And that was really creepy, man. It was like what? It was there. It had a bit of magic to it, and I, I you know, the biggest thing that happened to me was when I when I met the cast. You know the, uh, the the lady that played the witch. Mm-hmm. She was so good, man. She was so committed to that role, mm-hmm. and and it, and it was in a way where it was uh, it was not trying to be a witch. It was trying to be somebody that had lived so long and been through this before, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. she was she was uh, you know like part of nature. It was just really strange. It was good. It was really good. I, I, I was very happy about what was going to happen. She doesn't come across as a witch. Well, uh, more of, not more of an old lady. Uh, yeah, a very, very old yeah. lady. Yeah, who had seen and and knew human nature somehow. You know that you you know she even warned me you're, you're going to pay for this. You know, so <laughs> I would think it over. And that's what I actually really enjoyed about seeing this movie again. And what struck me about it is is that first off was the feeling of like a dark fairy tale. I mean, it had this real almost like a morality play and this whole concept of revenge and the, oh it is a morality play yeah oh yeah for sure and, and you I just, caught it oh cool well, they, well i just i love the idea that your character and spoiler alert uh, for anybody that's listening <laughs> in, uh, but that, that your character that connection the bond between you and the pumpkin head demon that that as it you know, it's almost as if, you know, he's he is an absolute manifestation of your rage and your hatred, hatred. And it's kind of a I don't know. I don't want to get like too you know, too fucking highfalutin here and <laughs> philosophical. Uh, but I just I really enjoyed that. I like the fact that this is a horror movie, but that it really tried to to address those kind of issues under under the surface. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, you dropped the F bomb. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, I don't know if you remember, man, but last time you were on, you you said you thought I was going to edit out all of our F bombs, and I did not. Yeah, I tried, man. F bombs, love them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're, you're right about the morality play aspect of this, because by the time it gets to the end, you see, it's uh, we're starting to look alike. You know, mm-hmm. we're starting to 
to pass through the looking glass, as it were, and, and become similar. Mm-hmm. That's why he mm-hmm. shoots himself. It's, it's, I want to put an end to this because it's, I can't go any further with this. You know, I mean, that, that was the whole thing. You know what I mean? You can, you can only do so much, and then you realize you're, you're in a living hell, so let's get it over with. Yeah. I have nothing to live for anyway. I've lost a wife. I had to try to raise a kid, and then I lose my son. And then, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> so how, how much can you take before you finally go, you know, it's, that's enough. Mm-hmm. That's, it comes to a point where it's not worth it anymore. No. You know, my, one of my favorite moments was I had gathered up a whole bunch of silver dollars. You know, they were, they were mine. And I remember... How am I going to pay the witch, right, to do this? And I remember gathering up everything of any value that was small in my house. And I brought it to the set that day. And I remember dumping it into this bowl that she had. Yeah. And, yeah. and, I, and they were spilling out. and They were falling through the cracks in the floor. Oh, I think, no. Yeah. That's set. <laughs> That's said, there's a whole shitload of silver dollars now still under that. Hey, Jason, I know where we're going on vacation. But anyway, and then they had tarantulas and shit that I really don't love. I mean, but they were. I was actually going to ask: Was that really you reaching down with all with all those tarantulas walking around there? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I get a little carried away. <laughs> it's not me doing. <laughs> it's Ed Harley. It's not me. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Those spiders would have kept me away. Yeah, I hate spiders. I, I did one in Thailand where they had a, a black spider that was known to be deadly in Thailand, and it was big. It was big as my hand, full, fully open. And I said, "You don't expect me to put that in my hands, do you?" And the guy said, "Yeah, but don't worry." <laughs> The fangs have been cut out. And I said, well, how long does it take him to grow two more? <laughs> and I said, I have no answer for that. And I said, well, then we're going to be using your hands. <laughs> <laughs> that thing scared the shit out of me. It was like, oh. Couldn't get it quite into the character enough. Yeah, I get spider movies, man. It's just like karma. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like God says, hey. You think you're you think you're kicking ass, huh? I got one for you. Arachnophobia too. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and you fall stark naked into a big pit full of spiders. <sighs> well the good news is if they did it if they did it today it would all be CGI. So there is that. <laughs> you not never the, know. Not the naked part. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> It might be if you paid him enough, maybe. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I read this script, but that wasn't in there, guys. When'd you put that in? You know? <laughs> That's fantastic. One of the things that we definitely were super interested about that Joel and I are huge fans of, as I know Kevin and Peter are, um, the Tales from the Crypt series. Tales from the Crypt. That was that was incredible, man. Because it was every director on that was like it was Walter Hill and Zemeckis, the two guys that I work mm-hmm. with, and yeah. they. They, they used all really good directors, and they were all part of it, and they, they kind of made the money. But anyway, but, <laughs> but the point is, though, that when we were on the set, everybody made the same amount of money, and, it, and everybody was equal. And so we were all doing it with this great feeling of uh, exuberance and, and uh, like we were going to create something together. And it really worked out that way. I love cutting cards. I mean, I really did. I, mean, I had so much fun with Kevin Ty and uh, it was easy to hate him, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. Cause you look like you really, really hate. Oh, you really look yeah. like you hated his ass. Yeah. <laughs> we despised each other <laughs> until, it, until it was over. And then we hugged like a couple of boxers at the end of a match. <laughs> yes. Kevin, you're the greatest house. Oh, you Lance. <laughs> I'm just going to cut your hand off. Yeah. <laughs> My my favorite shit in that was the Russian roulette sequence. That, oh, that, that's great. That was freaking hilarious. When we were shooting, it was like, uh, it was, we worked till four in the morning, and I made the mistake of saying to Walter, I, I really want to be smoking Luckies in this. By the time we finished shooting that night, I had smoked about five packs because they kept giving me another one. You know, and matched <laughs> the length of how much it had burned. It was, I, it was smoker's heaven, man. I was like, I had, I was actually had a toxic kind of feeling in my blood, like I was going to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> but right. it fit the scene. 
Oh, yeah, <laughs> it, looks, it looks intense. Really, really. Yeah, hate, hate, hate feels like uh, tobacco poisoning. That's what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> and then it manifests itself into pumpkin head. So. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. That's what I get for eating pumpkin seeds. There you go. <laughs> pumpkin seeds and luckies. Ooh, here's a diet. I love pumpkin seeds. That's one thing. A method I actor. A method actor. Why are you eating all those pumpkin seeds? <laughs> You'll find out. You'll find out, motherfucker. <laughs> now, now, because the and, and maybe this is just a one of those little editing things, or maybe it was intentional. But I, <clears throat> I would like to put forth that your yeah. that re, that not yours, excuse me, Reno's opponent in that Russian roulette scene cheated. Because when the guy comes up in the car with the chick and he's like, you know, hey, you're going to park the car and you're like, you know, park your own fucking car or whatever. And he points the gun at him. He clicks back the hammer. Right. And then he drops it again. And then he clicks a second time. Yeah. Yeah. Cheating. Who did that? Uh, uh, Kevin uh, Teague's character. Yeah, exactly. Cheating motherfucker. I'm just saying. (laughs) You you took the words right out of my mouth, Joel. (laughs) Hey, you know what? I, I didn't expect anything less from him. That's why I said, that's why I said to him, it was a dummy. I mean, I covered my ass the best way I could because I didn't want to go on after that anyway. <laughs> I knew if it didn't, it was definitely going to kill me. Mm-hmm. You know, fucking bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the la- the last line of that. The uh, pass pass the gum. That was. <laughs> I know, I know. Two guys with no arms, no legs. Playing checks. Who hate each other. Fuck? Yeah. Still hating each other. Yes, yeah, like, ah, if I get a chance tonight, I'm going to crawl over there and shit on you. <laughs> oh, oh, that was great. Those guys had to wear pampers because everybody was sick of putting them on the bedpan. You know? <laughs> the funniest part of that whole thing was the, that chop poker stuff. That section was good too, but that's Walter Hill, man. He knows how to. Yeah. He knows how to raise the stakes. <laughs> it was funny. I was always, I was always curious watching because I've seen that episode a bunch of times and uh, rewatched it again recently. But it always strikes me. I mean, I think the craft or the 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 art of acting amazes me to to the extent that to thinking about even just putting a blank, uh, an empty gun to your head, and and how that makes you feel, and if you're able to you know, get through that scene, especially doing it for hours and hours on end. I mean, did it ever grate on you or kind of make you feel a little uneasy just having that there? No, mostly, you know, mostly because I wanted to freak him out. My, my whole job in, in those scenes was to frighten him. Yeah. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't afraid. I wanted him to be shitting himself when he died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shit. Yeah. Not- yeah shit. <laughs> Well, that's the first thing that happens when a bullet goes through your head. You shit yourself. No, that's true. <laughs> well, I guess the first thing that happens is nice your brain go. goes through the back of your skull, and then you shit yourself. Exactly. <laughs> I think it would probably sound like music of some kind. Like, <laughs> you know, like high-tech shit, you know. <laughs> oh, that's shitting music. Okay. <laughs> Boy, that music's shitty. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, so Jason, I think Lance then, based on that, you have to tell him what your daughter said. <laughs> yeah, so uh, my my 13-year-old daughter was watching this with me, and she's a fan of a lot of the horror movies I watch. So we, she's seen almost all that I've seen uh, we, we do for this show, especially. Which, which explains and, her twitching, but go ahead, Jason. <laughs> and, my, and the therapy bills that I have to pay for. Um, <laughs> but she was watching that uh, Cutting Cards, and just the scene where you were in there, uh, talking to Kevin and, and when you first interacted with him and, and just your intensity in her eyes, she just kind of leaned over to me and said, he's really scary. <laughs> <laughs> Did she really? Yes. God. I, I, I have a great one for my daughter. You know, Dylan Thomas said one once, tell me about your childhood, but be fast or I'll be telling you about mine. <laughs> so <laughs> talking about our kids, man, my daughter, I introduced her to a, a director that smoked cigars and he had a gray beard. So on his mouth was all the nicotine from, from the 20 cigars that they smoked. And then she left, uh, you know, I introduced them and I saw her back away a little bit. And I, and then we got in the car to leave after the party. And, and she said, I wanted to say to him, excuse me, 
I, I don't speak your language, but I think someone shit in your mouth. <laughs> 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 I let my daughter around me, but nobody else. But but she's so funny. <laughs> For her to come up with that on her own, I almost went off the road. I really That's, did. Uh, kids are. Great. I'm sure it smelled like it too. Yeah, I think someone shit in your mouth and <laughs> said, "You didn't say that to me, did you?" <laughs> <laughs> then we got home. She lifted the dog's tail and said, "I'm blind, but I think somebody shit in your mouth." So. <laughs> That's. That's the apple didn't fall too far from the tree. <laughs> from the mouth of babes, isn't that what they say? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> let's talk about uh let's talk about yellow. Oh yes, yellow. Uh, what did you yellow. Get to yellow? Uh, yeah, hell yeah. That was trippy, man. I gotta tell you, because here I am, Kurt Douglas is in it. And and of course I saw uh, you know his French film that he did with uh, what's his face? Uh, I, I forget names. Are you talking about, are you talking about pa- Paz of Glory with Kubrick? As a glory, yep. right. That's what I this reminds me of. I saw that as a kid. And and I and I of course Kurt Douglas was a big hero of mine because he went up river with muskets and the big sky, you know, and I Oh yeah. All that shit, you know. It was it, he was a big hero. And then we get there and I'm playing Ripper who's like running through the trenches like he did with a whistle, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. People again mm-hmm. the machine guns are blowing people's arms off and I'm going, God damn, man. It was one of those great battle scenes. And then I end up with my guts under my helmet. And I had to tell him that his son was yellow. And <laughs> Kurt Douglas said to me, no, hey, I'm not name dropping, man. I'm, I'm oh. really not. He looked at me and he said, such power. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, I shit myself, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Well, you can relate to oh. us then because us talking to you has the exact same effect. So there you go. <laughs> we were all talking about how much we were shitting ourselves prior to getting on the phone with you. So, Oh, buddy, buddy, don't. No. It's just a figure of speech. I, 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 love to say, I love to say bad words, that's all. That's okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We all do, I think. I know. <laughs> Listen to his voice. He gets a cold and he sounds like two octaves lower than I am. Yeah. It's like, wow. Oh, yeah, the other day, yeah. man. <laughs> Jesus, Peter. I called him the other day, and I went, are you all right? <laughs> I have a Close cold. Yeah. <laughs> a man cold is bad. You all know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's worse than giving birth, right? Uh, as long as I have to say that's my wife. <laughs> uh, I don't dare tell mine. <laughs> yeah. It's because you guys have had more kids than rabbits typically do. <laughs> well, you got to have something to stay busy. Yeah, no, that's right, especially in Sweden because it's cold, right, Peter? <laughs> not all the time. <laughs> no, not once you walk indoors. Hey, uh, Kevin, Kevin, did you uh, uh, did you have like a? I know you had a follow up question about uh, Tales from the Crypt. Did you want to throw it out? We could take a couple steps yeah. back if you'd like. <laughs> I can take it. <laughs> well, I was just I was just curious because going back through all the episodes and stuff, just the incredible amount of actors that have roles in it so early on, pretty much before there anybody but go on to do big things, almost like in comedy how Saturday Night Live, so many people pass through there. Was there something in particular that drew you as an actor to Tales from the Crypt, or was it just like a uh, just people that were involved in horror? It was just something that they went through on their way to other things, because there's so many people in it. You know, you know, I can't quite remember if if it was after I did Johnny Handsome that I worked with Walter on Tales from the Crypt. Mm-hmm. But Walter had directed Johnny Handsome, and I, and I I don't know if it was after that or before that. Huh. that shows you what kind of mind I've got. Anyway. <laughs> That's all right. I can't remember what I had for breakfast. A little soft on the edges. Uh, it was but, before. You did Johnny Handsome before. See, Jason cheated and looked it up on Internet Movie Database. I did, a year before. <laughs> well, I loved Walter. I mean, I... I even before I worked with him, I knew his reputation and, and I, you know, I had visited him at his house and we talked about Johnny Handsome and how I would do the role and shit. And, and then to do that with him again, it was, it was great because it has a, you know, once you know a guy like that and you've been through the, you know, been through in the trenches with him, you really look forward to seeing him again and working with him again. Always. I mean, really, unless it's a jerk. But then by then, you've been to jail, you've gotten out for beating him up, and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's all okay, then. Then it's okay. 
We shake hands and come out fighting. (laughs) I love the image of Lance Henriksen just punching some pompous director in the face and then going to jail for it, coming out with that grin on his face, and then just pummeling the son of a bitch again. (laughs) Bill Paxson said something to me that was so funny once. I was in the misery of a divorce, and he came to me and he goes, Hey, Lance, guess why divorces are so expensive? Because they're worth it. Man, that is fun. <laughs> but anyway, uh, come out of jail and you go, yes. <laughs> Jason, uh, Jason, were you going to say something? Yeah, actually, I wanted to kind of bring it a little bit closer to current day. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is um, I saw the trailer, have not seen the film because it's I know it's making the, the film festival circuit, but um, it's in the blood. Uh, yeah. One you recently did. I looked at. I looked it up. Uh, the next two places it will be, or the next three places, are Chicago, which is a good thousand miles away, um, Mexico, and uh, Whitby, <laughs> UK. So I'm not going to be catching that <laughs> soon, but the trail looks freaking awesome. And I definitely wanted to ask about um, your role in that and your character in that, because I know you love doing the independent films, but this one just seems uh, really amazingly done, and, and your role specifically. Uh, they just sold it, so they've they're, they've got distribution now. So oh, it's great. yeah, it's, it's a miracle. It's a freaking miracle, man. We shot that outside of uh, down in Austin, Texas, and and the character I was playing was a, a cop, a local cop, you know, like a yeah. like a sheriff, and, and he he's become an alcoholic because his wife died, and his son left, and his his adopted daughter was murdered by uh, one of the deputies. So he feels a great deal of guilt out of that. And he's been trying to reach his son to re, you know, reconnect. And finally, he, the son calls him and they get together and they, he decides, well, I'm going to take him up on this mountain today and we're going to go do a little shoot and a little drink and a little talk and maybe we'll, we'll bond again, you know, because he needed it desperately. And he gets up there and the shit hits the fan, man. I mean, yeah. It's, it, it, it is really well done. It, it, it's done by a couple of guys that had never made a film, really. And they had written it. It took them a couple of years to write it. And then when I got there, uh, uh, before I went there, I, I talked to them about what their approach was going to be. Because I did like the script, but it, the dialogue, you know, it, 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 it all needed. What it really needed was uh, the truth. So every scene really had to be truthful. You couldn't. You couldn't act your way out of this movie. It, it was really, it really needed to be. So we need to, we had to uh, improvise uh, right before every take till some truth was happening. And then we, we would launch into the scene. And a lot of the material that's on film is, uh, is all the improvised stuff as well as the written stuff. So it was a giant job, man. It was hard work. It was, it was good. I, I really loved every minute of it. Then it took them two years to edit it to get it to the movie that it is now. And, and uh, so it's kind of a miraculous story, these two guys, Scooter Downey, Sean Elliott. They're both from Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing is about independent movies, it, the budget is not the issue, really. I mean, uh, it really it's the adventure that's the issue. I mean, what, what am I going to waste my days, weeks, months, and years on? You know, mm-hmm. uh, That's something I wanted to ask you when it comes to indies and... I know you can only speak to your experience, but, you know, I know there's a certain level of uh, gatekeepers with certain, you know, actors. I mean, you know, so for a couple of independent guys are making a movie, how do they reach out to you? How do they, you know, connect? They they got me through my agent. My my agent is a a smart guy because he has told me a few times, Lance, I just got a script and you've got to read it. It's a great role for you and you've got to read it. And, and there, another time it happened was with Ambush. There's Joe Bauer had wanted to shoot the first 20 pages of a movie to get the movie made. And I read the first 20 pages. Within an hour, I said, yes, I'll do it. And we shot for seven days straight, 15-hour days, and, and got it done. And it was so exciting to do, man, because it was, you know, if you look what happens when you say no, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. You, you're sitting around watching your your fucking screensaver, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. And so, and so I take these things on and sometimes it works and sometimes it was not an adventure at all. You know, it was, and, but, but I'd rather take that chance than just 
sort of hanging out, trying to figure out and scheme about what is the very best for me to do for my career. And then you end up, you know, you wake up and you're fucking 80. And you have no career. <laughs> and you, have, yes. you got nothing. You're a has-been. Hmm. Uh, what I would have, could have, should have done is, you know, and everybody's, everybody's saying, God, that fucker talks a lot. <laughs> They say that about us all yeah. the time. <laughs> but Jason, we're on a podcast. Yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> your, your hair gets gray. They have less. They have less uh, patience with you. Well, I'm bald, go, so I got you, that going for me. Why don't you go sit in the corner and fall asleep, man? Jesus. <laughs> and I get that now. No, until I hit eighty. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to be a cool-looking yeah, yeah. 80-year-old, Peter. You're going to be a cool-looking 80-year-old. <laughs> I'm going to have my hair dyed. I'll have my face stretched. I'll have all kinds of – I'll have intravenous Botox. There you go. <laughs> so the guy can't even snap his – he can't even fucking snap his finger. It's like <laughs> oh, Okay, job Lance, for this scene, please. Yeah. Lance, look we'll surprised. See. We'll see. Yeah. Oh no. Um, oh, he can't do surprise. So don't worry. Don't worry, Lance. We'll see. G. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll fix it in post, Lance. Just um. Uh, Lance, breathe, breathe, and do a couple of moans, and we'll loop it. Don't worry. That's awesome. <laughs> oh. oh shit! That's an awful fucking image. Why did I come up with that shit? <laughs> well, we thank you for it. I can tell you that. <laughs> hey, well, no, well, I'm far. Short. I'm very far from that. I'm a Viking man. We go on forever. Mm-hmm. You know, we can, this is a good bridge into the comic book because I was writing a uh, scene the other day with Joe Madre, and it was about a a skier who's never skied, but he wants to meet this girl or any girl, and he's on a ski lift, and he turned. The girl said, "Ah, because he's got wooden skis he bought from the Salvation Army." And, and he's on, everybody else is in spandex, and he looks like he bought everything from fucking Salvation Army. And he turns to the girl and said, she says, you skied here before? And he goes, well, I'm a Viking. It must be in my blood. <laughs> <laughs> and the fucker goes down the hill sitting on the skis. And, but any, I won't tell you what happens, but it's, it's set up for a real thing. But anyway. Oh, and, of course, I know you can't talk about too much, um, but you are working on, on, on this, uh, this project, this creative endeavor I'll, I'll let you speak to what you want to speak to in regards to it well it's for dark horse and dark horse comics asked me about a, a over a year ago would i like to do a comic and and i said yeah man i was talking to mike richardson at, a, at one of the shows like at a comic-con i think it was and then and because i had a script that i wrote 20 years ago that i thought w- should be a movie and then nobody wanted it so i lost it <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, then I, the minute he asked me that, that script popped into my head. And Joe Madry and I, and I met Tom Mandrake at a show. And I really love the guy's work. I mean, he wrote, he did some drawings from my uh, biography that we put out. And because I wanted all comic book artists rather than publicity, fo- you know, photographs, yeah. which wouldn't resonate with anybody. It just, it, all, it, all those things say is, Look who I know, you know that kind of shit. I didn't want that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it got, it opened the door to comic book artists, and I started talking to them a lot and and meeting with them like uh, Sinkevich and all these guys, Tim Bradstreet, and all of them. You know, they're they're a great bunch of people, very very creative. And so <clears throat> when they said that, and I had already met Mandrake, I said to them, "All right, Joe, you want to do it?" Joe said, "Yeah," and I. I said, well, let's try to get Mandrake. And so, uh, you know, the guys at uh, Dark Horse agreed to it finally after we negotiated with them. And, and between us and everybody else that's listening, <laughs> <laughs> my, my plan is, is a kind of a looking glass uh, step that's going to be taken. I, I honestly, from the very beginning, believed that this is going to end up being a movie because we're doing, we're doing five issues. The first two are almost done. And the five issues, equal 120 pages, was, is a movie. And this is great storyboard and great storytelling, so I think it will happen. But I don't want to say that really in written interviews, only because, you know, it's like a promise mm-hmm. that uh, I think that, that comic book people uh, would feel let down about if it didn't happen. So why go there? 
but 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 between us and our listeners, that, that you know that's that's something that's really in the back of my mind. So cool. I can't promise it, but I, I'm I'm working toward that. Oh, promise it. They, won't, they, they don't believe anything we say, so just uh, go ahead and promise it. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are comic book people out there, and there's a great amount of them, but I want to drag in all the people that have never really considered comic books. Yeah. Because this, this is really something. We, Man, that first issue is so beautiful. It's beyond belief. I mean, uh, and, and the storytelling is great, because we, we, we're working on this in a different way. It's Mandrake, Madre, and I are, are talking constantly, and and we work, you know, we're working in a certain way that absolutely means you can uh, create something that's whole, you know, and not just, not just a product. Yeah. So that's the end of that story. But anyway, it's called that's To Hell You Ride. December is a long way. <laughs> yeah, and I don't yeah. want to throw Kevin completely um, under the bus here, but Kevin, of course, is also he he's you know you saw his art and he's uh, he's he's always drawing. He you may have an OCD affliction when it comes to drawing, and he has created uh, so he's worked on some graphic novel stuff of, of his own. So I don't know, do Kevin, do you want to pipe in with any? Yeah, with with the script um, and so many scripts being made out of comic books, do you think that'll end up being like writers who will have scripts that weren't picked up? They'll try to like kind of go reverse, do it as a comic book, because then to uh, to film companies they'll have a visual and maybe it'll be, make the script more appealing. You think that'll be more like a more common thing that film writers will do? I, you know, I would think that they would be insane not to. Yeah, because because first of all, I, I remember when Jim Cameron was trying to get Terminator made, and Jim came over to my house and painted me as the Terminator. He, you know, he he needed. Uh, something as part of his pitch and and i think you know the more work we put into something obviously the better it gets i mean if like tonight there's going to be the uh, uh cesar chavez and Mar- martinez fight and you know what those guys went through to get ready for this fight this is championship and this is a very big moment for them and likewise why wouldn't why shouldn't we if we believe in a story or believe in an idea not go through the trouble to do that. I mean, why not? That makes a difference. Instead of them sitting around saying, well, let's do a remake. Oh, actually, I wanted yeah. to ask you, I'm so glad you brought that up because Jason and I have this constant back and forth about how, how tired we are <laughs> of remakes. <laughs> and I just wa- I have to tell everyone, I watched the trailer uh, this morning. I don't know why. This is a great way to start my day. For the, was it the second remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre? But this one's in 3D. So that yeah. made all the difference. And sure, yes, that's so that, so that you're sitting there with your glasses looking at this thing with glasses on your glasses. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you feel like a fucking moron sitting there dropping popcorn all over yourself. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck is that? Yeah, that's shit. They're, they're doing they're doing remakes because you know their 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 excuse is well, a couple of generations have gone by, and uh, this is a new audience. And we can get a nice big fat paycheck out of doing a freaking remake that's safe. So do they Just define do they define shit. a generation as six months? Because I'm pretty sure <laughs> that Spider Man came out in what was it two thousand one ish? Um and they pretty much just remade it this summer. And so that's not even, uh, you know, what, 10 years? No, but that's that's not called a remake, that's called a reboot. Oh, reboot. That's oh. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> you know what though? I, I have I have some hope. Because, uh, as, as I've mentioned before, some of the remakes that come up, especially remakes of, like, 80s movies, because it feels like they're just redoing the exact same story for, like you said, the next generation. But to see some of the responses to the reboot of, like, Red Dawn, which is not even come out, you know, just before it came out, uh, <laughs> the, the response of, I think, a lot of the public saying things yeah. like, Oh, Red Dawn, that was an important movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like, I have some hope. There yeah, are some people out there with film taste. Yeah, so. there, yeah, mo- yeah, there are people, are people that do hate, you know, the remakes. I think the majority of people probably hate them, but yeah, they but make money. To feel that as hope means that you love to walk on thin ice. I mean, it's like, <laughs> The ice hasn't broken yet. Yay! <laughs> I'm not dead. <laughs> I sound bitter about the guys at the studios. I'm really not. That's just a comic book version of what I what I really think. You know, those guys, 
they they want something to do. They just you know they they just haven't opened enough. They got too many guards at the gate. Yeah, you know to to stop from finding new material. I mean they're just afraid. Okay, I'm gonna do, Lance. I'm gonna say it because I have you know I have like no skin in the game. So I'm just gonna th- throw this out there. I'm gonna I am going to be the person that opens the gate wide open for all these studio execs. Ready, guys? Ready? I hope you're late because I know they're all listening right now. Of course. I love your style. All right, go, all right, go. You ready, Lance? Okay. It's called a fucking public library. If you go there, there are these things called fucking books and books about about fucking, too, in case you're into that. And and, and there's all sorts of cool stuff. And you find these books that haven't been made into a movie a thousand times. And then you option them. I'm just going to say that might be. What do you think? Am no, I, that's am not I crazy? A bad idea. Oh, okay. Then you reprint them into a bigger volume with pictures. Yeah, exactly. So that the audience at the studio can see it and read it. <laughs> you remove all the words. Just remove the words, man. It's too much fucking trouble. I don't talk, 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 talk. <laughs> let, let's make a coloring this talking shit. You know. Mm-hmm. Coloring books. What are these yeah, strange make, symbols? Make coloring books. Yeah. Yeah. To send them the script as a coloring book and a box of crayons there with a blank so that they can fill them in. Say, now I have yeah. an idea. Now <laughs> <laughs> uh, that I've said all that shit, I'm out of business. Every, every fucking all these heads of studios play golf together, you know. Oh, really? Did you, and they go, you, hey, did you, did you hear what? Did you hear what Lance said? And I was hitting a ball. <laughs> they actually suggested we go to a, go to a library. <laughs> Fuck him. He told us to go to a fucking library. What are you fuck? <laughs> What's a library? Somebody call my assistant. Find out. Get get on that. Find me the address of library. Oh, a library. <laughs> Who is this library? What this Yeah, you need a you need a library card. Oh fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, it totally to you know, I, I have uh been accused of having ADD, Lance. So I'm just going to completely take it in a totally different direction now. Squirrel, and what squirrel? Yeah, what? Huh? Did you guys say something? What? So what I'm thinking is, is I would like to know how is your how is your uh, pottery going? How's the ceramic? We talked a lot about that last time. I, I still think "Lick My Bowls" is one of the Dot greatest com. titles. It's so good. Ever. It's so great. You remember that because you know I just got contacted by Ansica, which is a the National Ceramics. Uh, a group that puts on shows once a year all over America, some, you know, a different city every year. And it's all about ceramics. And, and I approached them and said, look, <laughs> I, I want to do this History Channel kind of thing, a reality show, and it's about potters and their eccentric ways. And each show has a theme, you know, like uh, dead potters or, or it could be potters, uh, you know, different ways of firing a kiln, you know, and have all these eccentric, wonderful people on it. But anyway, and the whole, the whole reason behind it is to wake up America. And the first show and, and the title of the show is lick my bowls because, <laughs> because it's going to open with saying, look, uh, what do you eat your dinner on? You're eating on a white plate because it looks sterile. You might as well be eating off your toilet bowl. It's the same Portland. Yeah. All you or you're out of your kitchen sink. Why not? <laughs> and then it starts that way, and it becomes more and more blasphemous through the whole thing. And you, or you could because do one I'm, on Harry on Harry Potter's. And, yeah, Harry. And have guys like, like you talk about George Orr, and, and <laughs> that's right. <laughs> shit. Oh God. <laughs> Sorry, that was a, a bad very, one. It was a. It's going to be a very blasphemous show because I want to wake up America that there is something here that's an art. And it's not just your grandmother breaking her fingers on a potter's wheel, you know, mm-hmm. in, in high school. You know, it's really about something. So anyway, they said, how does that connect with us? And I said, well, you, you spend X amount of money every year to put out how-to videos, which nobody wants to see. You're preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. If you want to really, you know, if you want to really do something, we do this show and you can have all those videos of that that are collected as a you know, capturing all of this stuff and they'll be free to you, free. And they'll be loaded with, uh, you know, spicy stuff that, that will keep people. You know, I remember what happened when Demi Moore and that guy are standing by the potter's wheel and, oh, and, and making a pot. Yeah. <laughs> when, when that came out, 
people became potters than in the history of pottery. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine that. <laughs> and let's put this step all over our bodies and throw a pot together, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's what happens when you open the minds of people in some way. They think they're going to get laid if they get into pottery. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm certain. <laughs> no, nope, hold on. Wait, I'm, ri- I'm writing this down. Hold on. Get a Potter's wheel after show. Got it. <laughs> and and came back. Got it. A bearded, you have a bearded, hairy Potter coming into the room, screaming, "Lick my balls!" <laughs> that should be the essential. opening of every show. <laughs> yeah, lick my balls. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's all about originality. <laughs> yes, that's what that's that's what the adventure is about. Take a chance. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of pottery, uh, last time on the show, you mentioned you worked at a pottery in Copenhagen. I never got to uh, answer you, uh, ask you. There is a potter. Uh, I don't know if he's still working anymore, but his name was it was called Two of Denmark. T U E. Okay. Yep, and I sat there with all the other potters and threw little tobacco things with a, that get a big cork and bottles that that sit down at uh, schnapps or whatever it was, and 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 I worked and drank two Borg beer. That's what I did. It was a great moment in my life, really. Uh. <laughs> it really was, man. These yeah. guys were so cool, and the guy who ran it too. He was a generous, really cool guy. I don't but think they're allowed to drink beer anymore. See if, see if you can find out what happened with him, because oh. he, he deserved it. He was an entrepreneur working his ass off. If anyone could find the answer, it's Peter. Peter, it would be like two potters. Uh, two, two, two. Oh, that sounds like I'm saying his name, doesn't it? But anyway, <laughs> sitting beside each other, and in between us was a case of two Borg. So we, would, we wouldn't get up from the wheel. Only to take a leak, but <laughs> and I'm drinking two more. It was very adult. I love yeah. it, but of course, and the pot's sure got a little on. more crooked and a little more crooked. And <laughs> oh, oh man, oh, we were we were good. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it gets back to originality. You more drink, you, the more beer you drink, the more original the work gets. Well, the more original it looks to you, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just, that that too. Stories became original too, and the fucking laughter was endless, and it was really good shit. Anyway, I didn't last that long, but I, I sure enjoyed it. Well, man, we we appreciate, dude, Lance. I can't. I, I think I speak for everyone when I say having you on, and these stories are incredible. I know you're a, a real lover of art and history, and obviously, you know, movies, and it's just uh, and people, and people, even if they're even if they're producers, even if okay. they're even if they're douchey <laughs> studio execs who apparently we won't let anybody I, hear that. I I have affection for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and all the ones who are listening will know that now. Yes. What would so that say? that'll be yeah. how many? Did, did you say ADD? Is it, did you say ADD, Kevin? No, it was Joel. It was Joel. <laughs> you got, what is it? Is it ADD? Is that what you said? Yeah. What is that? Uh, attention deficit <laughs> disorder. You seem okay to me. Oh yeah, I, I take I take <laughs> med, I take so. meds, Lance. Uh, no, <laughs> um, actually, what do you like, like? You know, like what do you call it? What cylindra stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of there's all sorts of good stuff. There's all sorts of good stuff. Viagra. I, I take Viagra. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, not, I should about about something that might be serious i i'm just a wise oh, test but oh lance seriously if i was that easily offended <laughs> no no I, you really need to listen to the show more lance yeah i'm very easily distracted um very easily ask jason uh, and uh um i i wear it as a badge of honor i got worried for a while that my daughter had it because she would say to me suddenly excuse me dad i'm really thinking about something that i really want to investigate and she's only 12, and I, and I go, oh, oh, okay. Because she would drift off. Mm-hmm. Because if we, what we were talking about or what we were doing was boring to her, she'd just go, I'm sorry, excuse me. It was like, okay. Yeah. Oh, it's very, and it's very common amongst uh, like, uh, like artists and entrepreneurs. It's a very common uh, situation because, you know, you're, you're basically your brain. It, I, I, one of the best analogies I heard was 
it's it's sort of like your brain is still in caveman mode. And when we were, you know, when you're a caveman, you're you're always hunting. You're always like trying to be aware of this, your surroundings. You have to be aware of everything. It's not actually a deficit. You actually have too much attention. You're paying attention to everything that's going on around you at any given time, and so you're easily distracted by all of it. Uh, and it's that's, that's, that's kind of cool, man. No, it is actually. You're, I, I you're wear the ultimate primitive. Yeah, <laughs> I joke about it all the time. I think it's great. <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> it is. What I mean, it is. Oh, really? Yeah. Shit. It's like a superpower that, that kind of sucks. <laughs> well, all superpowers do suck a little bit. I guess they do. Yeah. 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 Hey, but, you know, when you think about it, they give it a name, which kind of bogs down the issue. Oh, of course it does. And, and maybe 10 years from now, they'll say anybody with ADA is blessed. Oh, yeah. You, you know, I mean, you know, so it's, all, it's all about, uh, you know, the fucking contemporary Contemporary thinking. It's oh yeah, they always put labels on it because they don't really know what it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all just call it being a dumbass. Yeah, well, that's right. I, I, they just call I, me a dumbass, I, and they say I take meds for it. I work with a guy like that on, on a movie, and he and and I would be saying something to him, and he would be he'd, he'd go on to something else, and I said, "Whoa, come back! Come wait, come here." <laughs> there and i and i finally said to him i said working with you is like pushing a fucking boulder uphill <laughs> <laughs> hey we all got gifts man we all got gifts that's right you know those kind of gifts i got them i got them yeah oh yeah we, we 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 all we all have gifts and then and then there's jason right jason <laughs> pretty much my gift is putting up with you yeah, there, so. yeah, that is a gift actually <laughs> a gift that keeps on giving oh, that makes you a super putting up with him makes you a superhero right <laughs> oh absolutely yeah. i say that all uh, the time uh, uh, we have fallen off the fucking boat. We Dude, really have. Oh, that, that, by oh, the way, this—that's what we mean by ADD. <laughs> that is this show. That is one hundred. We, we were well, going to talk about. I, I kind of like it. We ought to do this like once a month or something. Uh, if, <laughs> if you were up for it, Lance, we would we would change the name yeah. to the fucking Lance Hendrickson podcast, co-hosted by Jason and Joel. <laughs> hey, listen. After a while. You know, that concept of familiarity breeding contempt, you uh-huh. know, after we go, oh, not fucking Lance again. Oh, <laughs> shit. But see, that would make it better. Then it would turn into cutting cards. And so we would like be this intense, like, hey, be like, fucking go, Lance. Jesus. <laughs> and you, yeah, and tell you, us another one, fucker. Yeah, and you'll be like, what, you fucking head case? Did you take your meds today? And then uh-huh. and I'd cry. <laughs> Hey, superhero, shut him up, will you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what it, man, it really would be, wouldn't it? Oh, oh fuck. Yeah. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Let's run that by the board. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so the board is Peter and Kevin. Uh, all in hey, favor? Peter, Kevin. <laughs> I'm, I'm raising yeah. my hand. Yeah, I've changed my mind. The answer's no. No. <laughs> Listen, we'll have our people call your people, all right? So. Yeah, have, let's have lunch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, our people. Yeah, my it. people let's are all under the age of six. <laughs> <laughs> and there's three oh, of them, God. and they're all boys, and they usually rub feces on things. So let's not go there. Oh, now you're talking. Oh, <laughs> uh, we said the. The, the S word, yay. yeah, S bomb, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to go into an audition and, and shit my pants. <laughs> and the guy said, "What's wrong?" And I said, oh, I, "Nothing. I just shit myself." Just to get their reaction, I, I want to see them run me out of the fucking building. You don't have to shit yourself. Get some butterscotch pudding. Try, I'll sit on your chest, you fuckhead. <laughs> Just get some butterscotch pudding, put it in your pants in some kind of like plastic bag with like a little hole cut in it, and then as you sit down, it would slowly leak out. And yeah. you get up. I, I think that would set a nice precedent. <laughs> it would. They'll never forget you. Or even worse, no. that gets you the role. <laughs> yeah, I, I say, well, how did you know that role was about this? A guy who shits in yeah. Oh, it's it's, it's not. We it, this is uh, we knew you were auditioning for poopy porn, Lance. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> poopy porn. You know, you know. One of the things that happened in my audition for something recently, which I don't normally do, but they they changed the name of it. That it wasn't an audition. This was a a uh, chemistry kind of thing what? to see if you and the you and the other person got along. Mm. Well, mm. 
Yeah, and I get in there, and this good director that that seemed hostile toward me. <laughs> and I wanted, I was thinking of all kinds of things to do to like fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was that. That's where that came from. I just don't want you to think I do. I have idle thoughts like that. That, that that's been doing for a while. That was one I of the think. things I actually admired about you, as I thought you would just sit around playing ways to like you know shit on some director when you'd come into an audition. Yeah, I know. That's my great. favorite favorite moment when I first got to L.A. The night before, I went in to meet the only agent in L.A. that would meet any actor, right? You know, because if you go to SAG and you get the list of agents, none of them will return your call. Mm-hmm. But this one, this one guy did. And the night before, I went to see him. Uh, I was staying at the Wilcox Hotel, which is like $3 a night and and a, and a guy jumped out of the first floor window and broke his head on the sidewalk and died. He must have been 20, 20 years old. And that was the night before, right? Oh, my God. And so, I go, I, yeah, I go up to meet this guy in his office. And he's sitting there with the bright light behind him. He wore a powder blue suit with a pink tie. <laughs> and he said, Lance, you look good for this business. And I th- I'm going to send you to someone that takes photographs. And I, I, I don't want one, two, three, four, five photographs. I want a lot of them. Get a lot of headshots made. All right? Here's his number. And thanks for coming, Lance. And call me after you get the shots done. Well, I get down to the guy to take these shots, right? And they're expensive. And, and before I did them, I went, oh, shit. I'm from New York, man. I got a shit detector. And this guy, the way this agent made a living was by answering every call that ever comes in, uh, getting, getting all these poor young actors that came from different parts of the country and, and gets a cut of the pictures that are sold. Uh, uh, nice. uh, see, you see how bad it can get? You're destroying <laughs> my illusions of Hollywood, Lance. I, I thought everybody, <laughs> I thought everybody out there was so... just on the up and up and they, it's all about integrity. Damn it. That's what I thought. <laughs> Until I saw the guy, until I saw the guy jump out the window on his fucking head. That'll set a tough tone. town. That'll set a tone. Oh, it's, a, it's a really tough town, man. Yeah, we're East Coast guys, Lance. Even Peter, he's in. He's gonna be yeah, yeah, because because uh, our because our boy uh, Kevin is in New Jersey. So everybody on this call, because you're East Coast in your blood, Lance. You're. Everybody that's listening to this now is going to go have a stiff drink. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> or a stiff song. Their, their illusions have just popped. Oh yeah, they're going to be like, no, not Hollywood. What, what, what did they say about Brando? He was in the back of a limousine at one point, and he and he's sitting there, and and they they open the door, and he says, "Listen, bring me another boy. This one popped." <laughs> <laughs> and then he cut out. <laughs> what a fucking funny guy, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Anyway. All right, boys. Thank you so much for doing it again. It's an honor for being part of our right, October Spooky Flicks Fest. We we really appreciate it and talking to us about your career and your passions and your ideas and your awesomely twisted way of getting revenge <laughs> on studio executives. <laughs> And thank you for not singing. <laughs> well, I, I think you, I think you should sing next time. I think that should be actually where we go. We talk about his singing career. So down, down the road, there'll be more to talk about. You know, let's let's do some living now, and then I'll, I'll catch you next year or whenever. Absolutely, fantastic. But Absolutely, I like you guys. I like what you do. Thanks, so. Lance. We appreciate it, man. Really do. Thanks. Definitely.